The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Gaza has been left reeling after a bombing of a hospital which has left over 500 people dead. The worst atrocity since the latest outbreak of violence in the region has been widely condemned with Dr Mike Ryan, Executive Director for the WHO's Health Emergencies Programme, calling it a violation of international law. Large protests have erupted since the attack, while a summit in Jordan due to be attended by President Joe Biden has been cancelled. Now, for his analysis on these developments, we're joined by John Simpson, BBC World Affairs Editor. John, good morning. Good morning. Now, it's very difficult in the fog of war to get at the truth of all of these things. I often start with, the, the, I suppose, the, the um, dictum, cui bono, who benefits from this? And it's hard to see how anyone benefited from what happened last evening. Yes, I don't think that anybody set out to attack that hospital. Um, it's impossible, of course, uh, from this distance to know uh, uh, or to have any clear understanding of uh, of who was responsible. I mean, the Israelis are saying they've got uh, video and I think uh, audio evidence that it was Hamas. But of course, Hamas and its supporters in Gaza will say, well, you, they just made that up. So it's it's, uh, I, it's one of those kind of things that is really uh, difficult to pinpoint. And yet, of course, it's, uh, it's causing appalling difficulties there. I mean, it's made Joe Biden's job uh, when he's, well, he just landed a few minutes ago uh, in Israel, this extraordinary business. I mean, I can't really remember a, a previous occasion when an American president just dropped everything uh, to go to another country like that. Um, but it's made his his job in trying to ensure that Israel doesn't, uh, doesn't go too far in its actions in Gaza. It's made that much more difficult. Has uh, what has happened now stopped Israel in its tracks, uh, such as the international condemnation of what happened, irrespective of whether the Israelis were the perpetrators, they will be blamed, surely, uh, throughout the greater Arab world. So will this stay their hand one way or the other? I don't think it will. Um, I, I mean, when you listen to all those condemnations, they were kind of based on the uh, on the expectation that Israel had had been responsible for it. I mean, some of those UN responses sounded very much uh, to me as though they thought that Israel had carried out the attack well. You know, I mean, I've, I've been in Gaza uh, when it was under attack from the Israeli forces. I've been in uh, Lebanon when, when uh, Beirut and other cities were under attack from the Israeli forces. And these things like this do happen. But, um, I mean, Israel is so uh, clear in its determination to say it was Hamas, it was a it was a, a misfiring Hamas rocket. Uh, that um, you know, I, I mean, as I say, we're going to need forensic evidence uh, from the the missile, from the what's left of the missile. There always is something left of it. You can always tell. Uh, the big question is: Will anybody change their minds as a result? And I would say the chances of that are pretty slight. 
who would be charged with the investigation of this atrocity? Because uh, irrespective of who per- perpetrated it, it is it is that it is an atrocity. Uh, well, it's an, uh, not. I mean, I, I'm not sure that the word atrocity uh, applies if 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 something wasn't intentional um, or if it wasn't the result of, uh, um, a, you know, a deliberate set of actions. Um, but, I mean, whatever word we call it, and as you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm in the middle of a, a storm in, well, as you perhaps know, I, uh, middle mm-hmm. of a storm in Britain about words and what we say. But, um, I, you know, I, who, who will be uh, responsible for investigating? I've no idea. And in the fog of war, which, and this is a a war of sorts, um, you know, there's not going to be the time, uh, the occasion, the uh, freedom, really, to do any proper examination. And as I say, even if it's clear which side did it, um, the, the other side simply won't believe it anyway. Now, at the moment, uh, many Palestinians in the Gaza Strip on the move, uh, looking for a a safe haven, uh, water shortages, power shortages, food shortages uh, looming. Um, There's got to be some sort of humanitarian aid allowed through from the Egyptian side. How likely is that? And this was presumably Joe Biden's mission or part of. um, Has what happened yesterday changed everything? Well, I'm not sure it'll change that. Um, Anthony Blinken, the American Secretary of State, incidentally, uh, I think the best Secretary of State I've observed in my 50-whatever-it-is years of doing this job, um, he says that they were making progress on the issue of getting in a humanitarian corridor in Gaza. Clearly, the plan was for Biden to come in and just really use all his influence to say, do this and do it now. I mean, we know that uh, that water's running out uh, in Israel, has run out. People are getting dehydrated. Gaza doesn't have uh, its own water supply, so it has to come in from the outside. Very, very dangerous. It's still quite uh, warm uh, in in Gaza at the moment, and um, that I think will be uh, Joe Biden's main private conversation with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, the question of America's influence and what uh, leverage it has over the Israelis—I mean, the supply of arms, uh, surely uh, munitions for the Iron Dome uh, protection system, uh, all of that—but yet publicly standing four square behind Israel. I mean, is there any way if Netanyahu wants to go in with ground troops, if uh, he refuses to uh, allow the humanitarian aid to flow, is there any real influence that America can have against a man who might be uh, set on advancing his own political agenda by being the hard man? The answer very quickly is no. I mean, there is no way of forcing him to do that. Uh, the tail wags the dog so often in these kind of cases where the recipient of all the aid you might think might be uh, might be grateful, but in fact, yeah, 
exactly as you say, he's got his own agenda. And part of that agenda is the knowledge that large numbers of people in Israel, perhaps not a majority, but large numbers, uh, want uh, him to take really, really tough action in Gaza. And, uh, you know, in the past, everything indicates uh, that that's precisely uh, what he wants to do. And if the Americans don't like it, well, what are they going to do? Cut off aid to Israel? No. Cut off support to Israel? No. Can't afford to do that at all in domestic American terms. So, you know, the tail, the dog, who wags who? Now, there had been obviously relations developing between Putin and Netanyahu over the, the last couple of years or so. What role might Russia play to its own advantage here? Well, I think Russia will just mostly be very happy to see American discomfiture on one thing, on one hand. Uh, uh, and a second issue is, of course, he must be absolutely delighted uh, to see all the world's attention turned away from uh, his uh, his um, uh, efforts to uh, continue the invasion of Ukraine. I mean, that must be sweet music to his ears. Um, actually, I think the country that's most uh, involved uh, uh, from the sidelines is Iran. Iran uh, supplies Hamas in, in Gaza with, uh, with cash, with, um, with equipment, not actually with weaponry, but with uh, things that uh, will enable Hamas to make its own weapons. Um, and Iran, I mean, it still gets terribly complicated, but Iran was horrified to see that uh, Saudi Arabia um uh, the 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 kind of the main um uh, you know religious force behind uh, sunni islam was cozying up to israel and there was a possibility of a top level visit which would seal a new relationship and iran would be the uh, the the loser from all that and there's a a strong argument that it stirred up Hamas to carry out this attack in order to make it impossible for Saudi Arabia to uh, to link up with Israel, and um, that that seems to be uh, at least a, a, a possibility. So Iran would be the gainer from uh, a, 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 an all-out war in Gaza, and it would be very much the loser. If uh, if Joe Biden can persuade Netanyahu to kind of at least hold off and at least create a humanitarian corridor. Uh, finally, John, you adverted to the the, the war of words that's go- that is uh, waging at the BBC and those protesting outside the BBC. Uh, there are people critical of the BBC for not calling the attack uh, by Hamas on Israel a terrorist attack. And um, you've been explaining why the BBC does not so do, but uh, you've got into trouble for your pains. Well, I don't know. I've gone into trouble. I just, uh, I mean, a lot of people are uh, yelling and shouting and um, uh, not just at me, but also, weirdly, my wife somehow or another 
somebody has got hold of my wife's phone number. <laughs> so they, they, I mean, I'm fine with, with threats. I've had threats all my life from somebody or another. Uh, but she, you know, she's not quite so used to that. So it's a little bit ugly. Um, yeah, I mean, these things happen. If you, if you, I'm in a new broadcasting house at the moment, the BBC's headquarters. As you come in the main entrance, you'll see the remains of uh, where somebody threw red paint uh, over the door and the entrance and the walls by the entrance. Um, the other day, that was claimed by a pro-Palestinian group because it said the BBC was uh, showing it was pro-Israeli in its reporting. And then there was yeah, a, 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 a demonstration, about 2,000 people or something turned up on Monday night outside uh, saying that the BBC was anti-Israeli. So, um, you know, I mean, they can't both be right. The BBC can't be both pro-Israeli and, and anti-Israeli when it reports on the same stuff. Mm. Again, similarly, you know, we've had, I think, about a thousand phone calls, angry phone calls, and they've divided almost exactly off between people who say, how dare you attack Israel, and the others saying, how dare you defend Israel. Um, what can you do? All you can do, actually, is just to keep on treading the careful path uh, and just tell things as they are. But it's difficult. It's difficult with a huge organization like this with so many outlets to make sure that everybody is absolutely on the message. So we, I mean, some sub-editor the other day talked about the incident in Brussels as being a terror incident after I and, and the BBC uh, generally had said we don't use a word like that. Well, you know, an own goal of fairly minor proportions, mm. but irritating all the same. Yeah. Um, the, the line that struck me is that even during World War Two, the BBC did not refer to the Nazi regime as evil, but rather the enemy. Yeah, uh, oh, yes, that is absolutely right. I mean, that, that's uh, uh, from my own researches. I remember the head of news when I went to South Africa to be the foreign correspondent there at the height of apartheid. Uh, he dug out of a drawer some uh, uh, an elderly, flimsy little uh, bit of paper, which uh, was the minutes of that of that meeting in 1939, September 1939, when the Board of Governors got together to say how the BBC should report the coming war. And one of the things was to say you don't use emotive language. Don't use the kind of expressions that show what you really, what your emotional feelings are about this. And it said, um, yeah, uh, don't, you don't call it uh, evil. You don't call Germany evil. Uh, you don't uh, uh, use those kind of emotive expressions. I mean, terrorism wasn't something that people talked about so much in those days, but I'm sure they would have done that. Um, just simply talk about the enemy and everybody knows who you mean and everybody knows uh, what the what the truth is if you tell the truth. And there was a little line which has got me into trouble uh, from quoting from that, uh, that thing. It said, above all, there must be no room for ranting. 
And uh, a number of, uh, when I quoted that, a number of people said, how dare you say that um, uh, wanting to call uh, the actions of, the, of Hamas uh, um, uh, terrorist is, is a form of, of ranting. And maybe I should have uh, been more careful in my quotation, but, you know, too late now. John Simpson, BBC World Affairs Editor. John, thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.